0: My first introduction this morning was uh, to those of our speakers that I have known the longest. Uh, This one is the ones that I've known the the briefest. In fact, the first conversation of any length I've ever had with uh, David Davis was on the telephone uh, about three or four months ago when we uh, spoke at uh, some length and as we then had further conversation in the month of june i of course had invited him because of very very clear understanding of who he and karen were what they were about what their source was and what the fruit of their ministry was the character family everything about their lives that you are most interested in if you're going to platform in any environment but certainly in this one and uh I have enjoyed so much just the briefest touch of sitting with them personally during the time we had the break, which was my first actual face-to-face time with them each. And uh, they're just such delightful people. They pastor Mount Carmel Assembly. Mount Carmel Assembly is the largest uh, fellowship of believers in the land. Uh, They came in 1989. They were commissioned by Times Square Church under the ministry of David Wilkerson. And they came, David uh, having David Davis having served a ministry of evangelists extended from that uh, congregation, reaching out into the city. And uh, of course, preaching ministry has come along with that in other environments. But as they came here with a clear sense of mission to the land, he and Karen, uh, Established a work up on Mount Carmel, and uh, that work has become a tremendous uh, example of what the scriptures speak of, of Jew and Gentile uh, framing up a new picture of one new man that are born together in Christ. Our congregation is made up of both uh, Israeli Jews and Palestinians, or Israeli Arabs, and uh, this uh, group of believers model that unity that is not always possible to find with ease because of the depth with which at times uh, the strain uh, racially in the land has separated believers. That is not anything that ought to be viewed as foreign as a challenge to those of us in America who have a sad record of that being the case between the African American and the Caucasian-American historically, as with others, the Latino population and Asian at points. This is a a sad commentary, of course, on humanity and reflective of sin that sometimes is not dealt with in the early sanctifying of believers in their walk with Christ. In fact, sometimes separatism has been sanctified and uh, that's unworthy by any terms. They have modeled something that is uh, Uh, touched this country in its own distinct way, and it's a joy to have that testimony of theirs. Karen's musical gift uh, uh, had a voice to the nation as well. Their ministry is esteemed throughout the land by the believers everywhere, and uh, the gifted prophetic uh, cutting-edge ministry of David, as well as his great pastoral heart, is something that uh, makes him so welcome to all of us today as the two of them come. We welcome David and Karen Davis. This is uh, this is Karen. In case you didn't know, which one?
1: <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah! Glory to God. We come from the mountain of Elijah, where Elijah confronted the powers of darkness. And the God who answers by fire made himself known to the people of Israel. And we, are, we believe the Lord has called us, as he's positioned us strategically on that same mountain, to walk in that same legacy. And week after week, we stand and we proclaim the, that the Lord is above every other God. Adonai Ot, the Lord God of armies uh, has won the victory through Yeshua the Messiah. And he gave us a mandate from Isaiah 42 that we were to shout from the top of the mountains to give glory to the Lord and that he would go forth as a mighty warrior the Lord would roar and he would prevail over his enemies and we see him high and lifted up and we see the victory of the Lord we we use the weapons of our warfare that's why I tend to travel with my tambourine and and with loud clashing cymbals. we are driving back the powers of darkness hallelujah Praise the Lord. And uh, I, I just, I'm so blessed that you have all come, that Foursquare um, Association has heard to be here. We are as you know, the Lord is calling His body, the Jewish Bride and the Gentile Bride, together to prepare the way for the coming King, for the Lord is coming soon. And we're to look and see Him high and lifted up, and our hearts are not to be shaken, even as we hear these things at lives. And you've come to our region where we are facing life and death daily, and we have rockets coming in. Um, As a Jewish believer, uh, when I first met the Lord in New York City many, many years ago, I began to experience the unspeakable joy of knowing Jesus. And at the same time, he began to fill my heart with the grief of the Jewish people. And he said, I will take you back to the land of your inheritance, and you will share this gift of love and life with your own people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And it's an amazing... We're not ready for this. I'm not ready for this. Okay. Just my... Hallelujah. We're going to do that in a minute because I just want to explain to you what this song is about. Um, the Lord really, um, the, the miracle of knowing Jesus and of carrying the joy, and at the same time as we know him and we share in the power of his resurrection, we also share in the fellowship of his sufferings. And I believe that one of the reasons the Lord has brought all of you here is that you would share that he would impart to you some of the grief that has been in his heart for the Jewish people for centuries, and that through the mercy that has been shown to you, they will be shown mercy. As we come together, Jew and Gentile, before the throne of grace, and we cry out for mercy for this nation, that He will once again reveal Himself. He will, this song I'm going to sing for you in Hebrew, It's what a miracle, not only has the nation of Israel been resurrected, but the language is a living language, the Hebrew language. So I'm going to sing for you in Hebrew as well. And and the song says, Lord, remember the covenant that you've made with our fathers and return our Redeemer. Show us your mercy. Show us your mercy. Avinu Malkeinu, our Father, our King. My
2: wife always leaves her weapons all around our house. But it's one of the joys of being married to a psalmist. Hallelujah. She didn't tell you but, um, when I come into our living room where her keyboard is, and she's weeping, I know God is downloading a new song on her so I carefully go to my prayer closet and just intercede and this song the Lord gave her after a terrible suicide bombing in our neighborhood there are body parts of teenagers, one was a believer all over the streets and as, as the worship leader in our congregation Karen needs to then go into our Shabbat meeting and lead the people in worship and so the Lord gives us worship from the Father's heart to try to minister to the wounds of, of all of our people. Um, up on Mount Carmel right now, we have a, a new congregational building where uh, the fire has begun to fall in small measure, and we're believing for the fullness. And I'm privileged to not only be the senior leader of that a congregation there but uh, I oversee a uh, Arab congregation in Haifa the pastor of that congregation just baptized 24 Arabs hallelujah <laughs> and uh, he's one of the spiritual kids that that is an Arab who loves his people of course but also loves the Jews and loves the, he's on Karen's worship team he's a great guitar player his name's Yusuf he also has an internet radio station, which is becoming a television station in Haifa. And he has over a million hits on his internet radio station every month from Muslims all over the Islamic world. So the, the word of the Lord is going forth to Muslims from Haifa, hallelujah, from Mount Carmel. We're also privileged to... Amen. In the, in the year 2000, when the South Lebanese Army came out of uh, Lebanon and uh, when Israel pulled out of Lebanon, 7,000 South Lebanese came. We were up there the next morning. We planted a congregation with them. So I also have the privilege of being an overseer of a congregation of Lebanese. So it's Arabs, Lebanese. There's Ethiopian Jews congregation in Haifa, where they're overseer of them, and so. It's wonderful when the Lord gives you a vision of the one new man of Jew and Gentile in one body, he just keeps multiplying and multiplying and multiplying. Amen? Another thing that's uh, of interest, perhaps you've read in the papers, that a lot of the um, Sudanese refugees that have been uh, not just in Darfur, but a million uh, Christians have been killed in southern Sudan by Muslims in the last few years a lot of them have fled to Egypt. They've been persecuted in Egypt. And several hundreds of them have come into Israel. And our government is trying to decide what to do about it. But they've sent us a lot of Sudanese. So if you happen to come to our congregation or up on the top of the mountain in our women's refuge, you'll see a lot of African mothers and a lot of African kids running around. We just baptized seven of those. And one of them is named Mohammed. Hallelujah. So God, (laughs) we serve a wonderful God, you know so uh, I want to read a a scripture to you if you have your Bible you can turn to Zechariah chapter 4 if you're interested in any more of what's happening up on Mount Carmel our newsletters out there a couple of my books and uh, one thing I I felt to just suggest to you before you leave this the conference I think it would be very val- valuable to you to pick up a book or two from different speakers here because I know sometimes you get excited about what's happening and you go back and you say, what did that guy say? Or what was that, that? You would have some more food to take with you, like Asher's books or, or, or Ari's and some of the other things that are out there. And uh, I just thought it might be of value to So, Zechariah chapter 4, the very end of. of the passage verse 14 it says these are the two anointed ones a better translation in the hebrew these are the sons of fresh oil who stand beside the Lord of the whole earth. So I want to ask you something today. Do you want to be a son or a daughter of fresh oil? If you do, raise your hand. Praise God. I do too. And uh, you've heard different testimonies, different messages here so far. And mine's a little bit different because um, I grew up in America, in uh, a nominal Christian home, but my father was an orphan, and his name was Davis, and we don't know where the name came. We don't know who his father was. So Jewish friends of mine say, you're Jewish, and Welsh friends of mine say, you're Welsh, but my mother was Irish and English, so maybe I'm Jewish, Irish, Welsh, uh, whatever. And uh, But it doesn't matter because I'm a new creation in Christ. Amen? And so... I. I grew up in, a, in America, and I did not know that you could know Jesus. No one ever told me that. It was completely, I knew, I believed he was the son of God, but I didn't know you could know him. So I ended up in New York as an actor, and uh, I was in a Broadway play one time and had everything that I had, you know, struggled for and trained for and living the jet-set life and the limousines and the whole thing and there was a standing ovation and bravo and all of that and I went home that night and this thought came to me it doesn't mean anything and I started to weep and I started out on my journey to try to find God and the journey that I'm on is the journey at mine specifics are different than yours but the journey we're all on the same journey to get deeper and deeper and deeper into who God is through Jesus the Messiah. So I tried to find him. I went to some strange places in New York City in Greenwich Village where I lived. He wasn't there. But somebody took me to a meeting in a recording studio on Broadway in Times Square. And I walked in. There were a couple hundred people in there. There was an upper room. They had their hands lifted. They were African-Americans and, and uh, white Americans. They were Jews and Gentiles. They were Asians. And I had been done a number of plays about the race issue in America, and I thought we could change America through the arts and all that kind of thing. So I walked in. I saw all these people raising their hands. That was strange to me. I'd never seen that before. And all the, They were Broadway actors and dancers and singers and models and from fashion industry. You know, my kind of people that I hung out with. And I, so I felt, well, I know some of them. I knew who some of them were. They were all worshiping Jesus. And as I walked, somebody took me to my seat. All of a sudden, I couldn't stand up. And I collapsed on my knees in the presence of the Holy One and started to weep and sob and shake. And I looked up and I met Jesus. And he's all light and I was dark and he forgave my sins and I'm on my knees weeping and sobbing and the guy that brought me there, some actor, brought me there is probably wondering what's happened to David and I just kept weeping and it was the love of God streaming into my heart and forgiving me and these people were just worshiping the Lord. So let me challenge you today. The power of worshiping the Lord in spirit and in truth is what we need in our meetings up on Mount Carmel Jewish people will come in, it happens every week, they just start weeping they don't know why, they just know they're in the presence Muslims come in, Arabs come in and we need the presence of the Lord in our meetings and that's how I got saved, I didn't even know the gospel I just knew Jesus had just saved me and I was transformed then I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, hallelujah everything changed i started to care about people living on the streets and cardboard boxes that i used to step over and i didn't care about my whole heart changed i ran through new york trying to get to the bible studies i was so starving for god i felt robbed why hadn't anyone told me this as a little boy and i just wanted to get it get it get it get more of who jesus was i fell in love with jesus he was everything. I was fanatical about it. My friends ran away from me on the streets that didn't know him. It was just I told everybody about I sent emails. To, there weren't emails yet. I sent letters to people, faxes, hallelujah. And I started to learn to hear the voice of the Lord. We need to train ourselves to know this is him. This is what he's saying. And I began to understand what he was saying. Do this, don't do that, do this, do that. And so, he all of a sudden, this burning compulsion to go to Israel invaded my being. I didn't know why. I didn't know what it was all about. I just knew I've got to get to Israel. I wasn't married, so I got on a plane and came to Israel. I came up from the airport like you did. I saw Jerusalem through the cab window. I started to weep. I walked the streets of Jerusalem, as you're doing. I saw there's over a hundred nationalities of Jews back here. They've come from all over the world. The scriptures are being fulfilled. I was undone. This is the moment that the prophets were talking about. I will bring them back to the mountains of Israel. He who scattered Israel will gather them. And not just from Babylon, it's from all the ends of the earth. And so I realized I was walking in this prophetic moment in this prophetic city. The Holy Spirit told me to pray for an Arab woman who had, had breast cancer. It was the first miracle Ladoa did through me. She got healed from breast cancer. A Jewish doctor gave, gave her the confirmation of it. So I was in Israel and God started doing these miracles. And I went up to the Sea of Galilee. The first time I saw the Sea of Galilee, I wept and I wept and I wept. I was so in love with Jesus. I went up to Mount Carmel, I asked the Lord to speak to me, I was keeping a record of all. I still have the notebooks, as he just downloaded things on me. Uh, If you don't keep a a prayer journal, I advise you do it, it'll build your faith, you'll look back on it last year, a year later and say, oh my God, that's what he said he was going to do and he does it. And so I said, Lord speak to me, he didn't say anything. So I was in a rental car, I was going to go back to the airport. So I figured, well, he's told me everything he wants to tell me. So I turned on the radio, and through the radio in the rental car came a voice singing in English. It is finished with a choir behind him. I don't know if it was from Lebanon, I don't know if it was a heavenly choir, I don't know what it was. But all I know is the Holy Spirit, the fire of God, fell in the car the Holy Ghost descended in fire in my car I couldn't drive I sobbed I had to turn the car over to the side of the road I, I, I couldn't I couldn't go on I was, I couldn't take it anymore it was all the love of God and me feeling unworthy the love of God he was saying David it's finished it's finished it's finished he was finishing me I'll tell you that much hallelujah it was, a, it was an invasion of the fire of God, and I had asked him to speak to me on Mount Carmel. It went on. Time stopped. I tried to drive again. I couldn't. I'd start weeping and have to pull over. Finally, I kind of limped back back to America. And when I got back to America, I was undone about Israel. My heart was in Israel, but I was living in New York City. Then I met Karen, and we had dinner one night with her spiritual mother, who happened happened to be an African-American lady that she lived lived with named Mother Jackson, who was teaching this Jewish woman, Karen, God's purposes about the Jews, and she was learning this from an African-American woman, and Karen didn't know anything about it. Talk about a Gentile leading leading, uh, a Jewish woman. They were the funniest couple in New York, Mother Jackson and Karen. I'm sitting in the restaurant. Karen is telling me about her love affair with Jesus as she soaked... In the Song of Solomon, it's really the Song of Songs is the title of the book. It means there's no other song like it. It's the love affair between the bridegroom and the bride. It's for the Gentiles, but many rabbis and many sages know it's also a symbolic picture of the Jewish Messiah, coming for his people it's a prophetic song that is starting to be fulfilled in our days for Jew and Gentile together but as I watched this this lady she was a model and a singer and so on she was on the worship team in 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 the, the recording studio where we all met and as she told me about her love affair with Jesus the Lord said this is your wife I knew the voice of the Lord man I skipped back to the subway that night, I was going Whoa, hallelujah, I met the one I'm going to marry and she's a Jew, hallelujah. So we were married and uh, we got involved in ministry, I left show business. I was ordained a minister of the gospel in a Broadway theater which is now called Times Square Church and I had gone there years before for the Tony Awards, the play where I was in was up for the best play on Broadway. And when I was ordained, I was back there two weeks ago and spoke. I'm overdone. I'm undone every time I go there and try to speak because the old me, you know, used to be involved in all that stuff. Only God could have written my movie. Believe me. So Karen and I got, got involved in ministry, and then I brought my Jewish wife to Israel for the first time. She'd never been here. We flew in over Tel Aviv. She looked out the window at the land of her inheritance and she just started to weep. We came up to Jerusalem. We had lunch with the Arab woman who got healed. The Arab woman who got healed made us this beautiful meal. And I had sent her David Wilkerson's book, The Cross and the Switchblade. I'd led her to the Lord. She was a believer. And so now I'm with a Jewish wife and I'm with the Arab lady with her husband and and her, her, her Arab daughter. And we're having a one new man lunch in Jerusalem, you know, Jew and Arab and Gentile sitting there. And she looked at me and, and she said, David, so you're working with these drug addicts now? And I said, mm-hmm. And she said, we have drug addicts all over the old city of Jerusalem. And I was shocked because I thought this was the Holy Land, you know. <laughs> you probably did too till you got here. We need Jesus just the way America or Nigeria, anybody else needs Jesus, you know. And so I said, yeah. And she said, she looked at me, looked me in the eyes, this Arab woman. She said, I can't let my daughter go out at night. Her daughter was 16. Because there's crime all over the old city. And she said, can you bring your church here? It was a Macedonian call. It was the propulsion (laughs) of the Holy Spirit. It was the arrow of the Lord. It's like, you know, God shot me over to Israel to begin with and I had nothing to do with it. It was just, you know, it's like getting on automatic pilot with the Holy Ghost and letting him take you and do what he wants to do. And so this lady, this Arab lady said, can you bring your church here? I started to weep. My wife started to weep. We knew it was the call of the Lord. We knew it was Arabs and Jews. It didn't take a prophet to figure that out. It was to come here and minister to both. So that was the beginning of the call. And the Lord, my book back there, The Road to Carmel, if you're interested, tells the whole story because people said, how'd you leave Broadway and go to Mount Carmel? And I don't get tired of telling it, but the whole deal's in there if you're interested. So the Lord brought us up to Mount Carmel. We became citizens. The Gulf War started. As the Gulf War was about to start, the first one, 1991, when Saddam Hussein was firing his scuds in here, as that was about to start, maybe you didn't put these two together, but the Soviet Union collapsed. The Soviet Union collapsed. The Jews were allowed to leave, finally, after all the, the centuries of persecution. And a million Jews came back to Israel, and a lot of them came into Haifa. And we would sit on, on, on there and watch the boats come in from Odessa, and here came all of these immigrants. In the meantime, Saddam Hussein is firing missiles. We're running through... In, in the middle of the night, you know, putting on our gas masks and trying to get into our bomb shelter, Mount Carmel is shaking, the first rocket, that, the first scud that hit Haifa missed the major oil storage area at the port of Haifa by less than 50 yards. The whole port could have gone up. And the next morning there was a rainbow over haifa bay and we were going hallelujah god's going to watch over us but the lord was working out his purposes he said i'll bring them back from the north and wham down went the soviet union and here they came and we all knew what was going to happen it's in the scriptures people had prophesied it and marched around the kremlin and prayed and written books about it and so we saw the hand of the lord going and the enemy trying to stop what god was doing so in the midst of this war The Lord gave us this wonderful old building on Mount Carmel. In English, it's called uh, House of Victory. It's still there. It's 17 years old. Hundreds of Jews and Arabs have come off drugs and alcohol. They fall in love with Jesus. They get reconciled to the Father, and they get reconciled to each other. Hallelujah. It's Jews and Arabs in the same building. He's able to do it. When we came to Israel, the the Jewish leaders said, who are you going to work with, the Jews or the Arabs? I said, both. They said, you can't do it. The Arab leaders in the north, in Galilee, they said, who are you going to work with? You're going to work with us, right, not the Jews? I said, both. They said, it'll never work. Now they come to House of Victory. Now they say, hallelujah, it can work. God can break down the walls of division. In fact, he's already broken them down by the blood of Jesus on the cross. You just need to believe it and walk in it. He said it, and he will do it. If God gives you a vision, don't listen to men. I have a PhD. I'm a doctor of philosophy. I look for truth everywhere. But when I met Jesus, He's the truth and He's love. And He's all I need. And I don't believe in the wisdom of men anymore. I believe in the power of God. And that's what we need. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now today, you know what's happening today? There's a prayer shield all across northern Israel. Our congregation, other congregations, there are congregations now all across northern Israel. They weren't there 10 years ago. Arab groups, Russian-speaking groups, our group, which is both Messianic Jewish groups, they're all, all across the north. And we have a 24-hour, seven days a week, 24-7 prayer shield going across northern Israel and Galilee And there are two Lebanese congregations on the other side of the border praying with us that God will stop His balah. And praise the Lord, He's done it. It hasn't happened. And so we know that God can bring the plans of man to nothing. And God's word and His counsel will stand. I'm here to tell you there is good news coming from Israel. Not what you see on television, not what you read in the New York Times. There is good news. Jews and Arabs are getting saved in more numbers than any time since the book of Acts. And it's just the beginning. It's the early rain. Hallelujah. Now let's go back to Zechariah chapter 4. You probably think what does that have to do with all of this well in some ways everything Zechariah chapter 4 God wakened up his prophet church wake up hello wake up open your eyes your spiritual eyes you need to walk these streets of Jerusalem and these Jewish people when I saw them it broke my heart they don't know Jesus It's go see the sights and all that, but look at the people. Do you know why they don't know Jesus? I know the Lord has put a veil over their hearts. But do you know why else? That veil is much harder because of what people that have called themselves Christians have done to them. I was telling a young couple at breakfast this morning from, from Pastor Jack's church. I was saying them that the Crusaders came here called themselves Christians from Europe They put all the Jews in Jerusalem in the Grand Synagogue and they burned them to death all of them and They walked around with crosses singing Christ we adore thee so why would a Jew want Jesus you see, when our nation, when there's this national repentance and they turn to the Lord, He's coming back. His feet will be on the Mount of Olives. It's here. So Satan is doing everything he can to stop that. And now that the Jews are turning to the Lord at all these incredible numbers in the nations and here in Israel, Satan is furious and doing everything he can to stop it. So when you walk the streets of Jerusalem or Haifa or Tel Aviv, and they, they know you're Christians. They're suspect because of the history. And so it's so important that you get a heart that you will pray for the peace of Jerusalem. That means the whole nation too. And peace, shalom, comes from the word le means something that's been purchased. When you pray for the peace of Jerusalem, you're praying for the salvation of the Jews and Arabs of our land. And you need to do it for us. We need you. Okay, so the prophet wakes up and what does he see he sees one of these this is called a menorah menorah or seven branch candlestick he sees one of these and the prophet knows what this means and i'm sure you know what it means too in the temple there was a seven branch candlestick the original one was was made for the tabernacle in the wilderness and it was made out of beaten hammered gold of one piece of gold one piece not a bunch of pieces I don't know how Betzalel did it, but he got the anointing of the Holy Spirit to do the original one. And there were seven branches to it. And it represents the fullness of the Holy Spirit. How many of you here want the fullness of the Holy Spirit for your nation? This is all about the fullness of the Holy Spirit. You might say, well, that's the temple. What does that have to do today? Well, where does this show up in the Brita Hadashah, in the New Covenant? The best commentary on what you would call the Old Testament is the New Testament. Praise God for all the great commentaries. And where does this show up in the New Testament? In Revelations chapter 1. There's seven of them, which means completion, fullness. Who's standing in the middle of it? Jesus. What does it mean? He literally tells us. It's the church. So, of course, Zechariah didn't understand that, but we know... If you understand exegesis and how to study your Bible, this is about the church. And Jesus has to be in the middle, first place in everything, preeminence in everything. So he sees this, but there's an olive tree on each side. And he says, what are these, my Lord? He didn't know what the two olive trees were. So the Lord says, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of armies. Can you imagine the prophet that heard that for the first time? When they had stopped building the temple and he said, Tell Zerubbabel he will finish the temple. It's grace, 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 grace. Don't despise the days of small beginnings. All these biblical truths that have thundered down the centuries and feed us and change us. This prophet is hearing it for the first time. I think he got excited it's about zerubbabel it's about joshua it's about priests and kingly power you and i are supposed to be kings and priests it's all about that the fullness i know all that that's for sure but what are the two olive trees all about he didn't get it he didn't understand there was really no way he could understand so look what it says in verse 11 he asked him three times what are these two olive trees verse 12 there's silence then he asked again, what are the two olive branches? He sees, this like the camera zooms in in his vision, he sees olive branches dropping pure, beaten, virgin olive oil, golden olive oil, into the menorah, the church, if you will, the fullness of the presence of God. It's, you know what it represents. It means it's the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Don't get any flies in your perfumer's ointment. You know, make sure your ointment, your your oil is, is clear. It's pure. Doesn't have some junk in there. It has to be pure. And so, he keeps cry, He cries out again, verse fourteen. So he said, "These are the two anointed ones, or the sons of fresh oil, that stand beside the Lord." of the whole earth and it's the end of the vision he never found out well i have a question for you this morning church what are the two olive trees we know that he knew who one of them was it's israel because it's israel is called the, an olive tree in the in the in the psalms and in the prophets and so on so he knew that but he didn't know what the other olive tree was well how do we determine Where do the two olive trees show up? They show up in Romans 11. What is my wife, my Jewish wife, according to the truth of the scripture? She's a natural olive tree, a cultivated olive tree, and she is cultivated. Hallelujah. I'm a wild olive tree, and I was wild. Don't laugh at me. You were out there, too. How many of you were not a wild olive tree? I want to see one hand go up. Now, a wild olive tree lives out in the desert, and nobody takes care of it, doesn't have the prophets, doesn't have the patriarchs, doesn't have the revelation of who God is. These wild Gentile olive trees that lived in California, forgive me, hallelujah, lived in where, wherever. Wherever but they don't have much sap, they don't have much oil. But they do have something, they're alive. And the scriptures say in Romans 11 that the wild olive branches have been grafted, cut, circumcised into, it's in Romans 11, into the olive tree of Israel so the dead olive branches of the Jews are falling off in the desert but along comes a Gentile and starts pumping some oil and prayer and support and love and mercy in there and miracle of miracles the dead olive branches of the Jewish people get up out of off of the desert and they get back in their own tree and you have two one new man Jew and Gentile in one body broken down by the blood of Jesus That's the way the church started. It's in all the letters. It wasn't until the third century that this was lost. But we're in the last days. We're in the days of the restoration of all things. It's being restored everywhere I go. It's being restored here. I go to Indonesia. There's a huge revival of Muslims in Indonesia. I go to a church of 30,000 people. They're all young ex-Muslims. They love Israel because they just read the scriptures. It's, there's a whole movement in the biggest revival in the history of the world. The Chinese underground persecuted church called Back to Jerusalem. They're sending 100,000 missionaries. They've already started it. Because they read the scriptures. And they go, oh, no, I take my wife to India. They've never even met a Jew. And they went, oh, my God, she's a Jew. They put her in a sari. They're going to kidnap her and take her passport and not let her leave. They loved her so much. And they're singing, Yeshua. Brothers and sisters, the fullness of the move of God in the last days is going to be the Jew and Gentile in one body. If you don't have Israel on your heart, and listen, to, listen, and if I don't have the nations on my heart, my heart is shattered for Britain when we go there and do prophetic meeting. My heart is shattered for America. I love America when I see what's happening but if I don't carry that and you don't carry that for Israel you won't have the fullness you won't have fullness of revelation you won't have fullness of grace you won't have fullness of power and the anointing now we want to do a prophetic act here so I'm gonna ask Karen to come and I'm gonna ask uh, Pastor Anna Jack Hayford's wife going to light these seven candles it represents the fullness of the presence of God for church on the way for foursquare for any other believers here for us in Israel because we're all in this together and this is the church gold pure beaten gold now the gospel is to the Jew first so if it's all right with you I'm going to ask Karen to light them first don't you believe in miracles? Can't you talk into a candle? <laughs> Unbelief. Now, if this was our messianic <laughs> congregational on Mount Carmel, and we'd say, yes, we're reaching the Jews as to the Jew first, when God told us to reach Jews and Arabs, we might have this much going, that much anointing. I, I, We need it all, and so do you. So I'm going to ask Anna... Now let's do the center one together jew and gentile bringing in the fullness hallelujah glory to god thank you lord praise you lord the jewish and the gentile bride in the last days for the nations and for israel and then he's coming back now one last thing this anointing How many of you want, you said you wanted to be sons or daughters of fresh oil, so I assume that's all of you. This anointing is so, it's it's everything. It's being led and controlled and directed and empowered by the Holy Spirit, which I didn't learn about until I met Jesus, and I never knew about it. But the cost of the anointing, it's costly. It means sacrificing, spending time in prayer on your knees, weeping and travail and triumph. It means praising the Lord and worshiping the Lord and thanking Him in the middle of... It's the anointing. When Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, if you haven't been there, you'll probably go there before you leave, over here on the Mount of Olives. And as He was on His knees, and His men fell asleep, and as He prayed and cried... Before the Father, and sweated big drops of blood. He was in Gethsemane, and Gethsemane in Hebrew, the word for it is Gotschemen, which means oil press. Jesus was in the place of the oil press. An oil press—it's still done sometimes here in Israel. We have oil trees, at, I mean olive trees, at House of Victory and up on our congregational building, and so on. You shake the olives, the tree, you get the olives. You put them in a a sort of a scooped out stone thing with a spout at the end. And then pure virgin olive. It's the first pressing of the olives. And kids, families will do it together. They take off their shoes, they step on them, they try to be careful not to destroy the olives, that you can eat the olives, but also get the oil. Well, think of this for a minute. Our blessed Savior was in the olive press, being pressed out. In pain we don't know much anything about. Choosing to take your sin and my sin, all the hatred, the racism, the perversion, wars he took it all he chose and when he walked out of that olive press he was ready to go and die for us my friends this anointing is so pure is so holy this last day's anointing of Jew and Gentile God wants to release a fresh anointing to you in this place at this moment let's stand if you feel led by the Holy Spirit just raise your hands to the Lord in a gesture of surrender of supplication and tell the Lord If there's anything between you and him, especially about racial division. Oh God, give it to the Lord. He broke it all down. If he can reconcile Ishmael and Isaac, the longest running family feud in the history of the world, he can reconcile marriages, fathers and sons, different racial groups if there's anything if you've your heart has been a little hard since you've been here you haven't got a burden for the jews and arabs of the land praise god go and see all the stones but look at the living stones the body and all those lost now lord i ask you for a download of your spirit i ask you lord that you will come right now by the power of your spirit and you will release from the throne room of god jesus we thank you for what you did for us that you might give us this anointing lord we want all seven we want the fullness we want more and more of your spirit more anointing day by day by day by day for our congregations for our walks with you for our marriages for our nations for israel would you download father in heaven you watch jesus do that the agony you must have gone through abba in this moment in Jerusalem with all these wonderful Gentiles that have come from the ends of the earth. Give them supernaturally through a broken heart, a heart for the Jews, the Muslims, and the Arabs of the Middle East. We ask you to do it, Lord, and to carry it back to their nation. Come upon us, Lord, we pray. In Jesus' name. Lift your hands to the Lord and worship Jesus. They're singing Kadosh. They're singing holy in the throne room. Worship him. We lift you up, Jesus. It's all about you. Kadosh, holy.
3: Kadosh,
2: troops with fresh anointing sons and daughters new anointing hallelujah just continue to lift your voices and worship.
0: We worship you, O Father. You are the true Lord. Praise you, God. Praise you, God. Hallelujah.